many have asked in these days uh, how I'm doing, how I'm holding up. I wish I could ask you that face to face. I've been blessed to be able to hear uh, from many of you by text or phone calls or the occasional uh, encounter as we move around doing the essential things in our community and in our town. My common answer in these days when people ask, how are you doing, is simply this, well, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. And that is so true. So much of what we're doing right now and the way that we're worshiping together, the way we're ministering to each other, uh, this was not in any book that I had read, not any class that I had uh, taken. And so we are all learning with the teacher being our guide for all of it. So thank you, Lord, and thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us through this time. I'm learning a lot. You're learning a lot. I'm sure that a lot of you are learning that you can homeschool. Uh, you never thought you could, but you're learning, hey, I, I like this. I can do this, and this is my new, my new groove right here. And, uh, but I guess there's probably a few of you that are saying, uh, hey, let's let school just be done. Let, let's let school be out, and maybe uh, homeschooling is not what you are cut out to do. A lot of you are learning, uh, men and women, that working from home has its interruptions. And uh, that is certainly true for uh, so many as you kind of move to your home office or your home uh, den or an extra bedroom being now where you touch the world from. I'm guessing that a lot of you've learned that uh, pajama church uh, should be a day on the annual calendar. And I imagine that when we all get together again, that there's going to be somebody saying, can't we do just one Sunday in our pajamas? A, a lot of us have learned the term Zoom. Now that's been a uh, a learning curve for me. When I heard the word Zoom, I had always just thought of blue plastics and green lizards. And so for Zoom to have a lot more to do with a computer than it does a pond or bait, uh, it's been a learning curve for sure. Uh, I find myself thinking about songs that should be theme songs for these days. And I think the one that I keep uh, humming in my mind right now is that classic by Diana Ross of uh, one day we'll be together uh, for sure. Uh, I sure do want to just kind of break out and sing that right now, but we'll leave that to the, the real music people. I think about some songs that we could uh, have as our initial songs when we all get back together here on property again. I've come up with two of those and and maybe you could send me your ideas and be even better than these. But I thought surely that uh, first Sunday back, we would have to do uh, that rock group police's song, Don't Stand So Close to Me. That, that'd be a great song to start with. Or maybe we could do the Beatles hit, I, I Want to Hold Your Hand. I don't know if we could get by with those songs being our first songs on the first day back. But speaking of getting back together, I know that's on the mind uh, of all of us a lot, especially in these days when we're starting to hear things like um, starting back up again, those kinds of things. And uh, I just want to remind you that for us as a church family, that this is much more now like a marathon than it is a sprint. And I'm certain that I was thinking in my mind 
early on, this would be like a sprint. And then when we finished that 100-yard dash, we'd be all excited and thrilled. and We'd pack the building. We'd get back in here together. But it's, it's really, it doesn't look like that. And there's just a big difference between us getting our hair cut and us gathering in a worship center. And there's a big difference uh, for us between um, just uh, running out and doing an essential trip than getting together and figuring out child care and how people greet one another and get on and off the property. And we're, we're, go- we're going to be a lot more similar to what happens with UGA students and fall sports uh, than, than we are going bowling with the family. And so just a lot of things to continue to figure out and work out. And just let's just stay after it. Let's just keep going and let's keep praying, looking forward to the day when we can be back together again. Now that brings me to where I want to speak to you today. And, and that is about how we work hard not to waste this time. That we work hard not to miss what God wants to do in us, through us, and with us at a time where so much of life has changed. Last week, we talked about a a time when believers had to stay where they were because they were told to. And we saw how Jesus told the disciples to stay in their place, to wait where they were until they were clothed with power. And I encourage you to do this. Don't miss this opportunity when a lot of distractions have been stripped away where we can really get before the Lord, manage our schedule, and say, Lord, let me be different when I come out of this. Let me be clothed with power. Let the Holy Spirit be ruling and reigning in my life and heart like never before. But there's another time when believers had to stay that we see in the New Testament. And this was not where believers were told to stay in place, but this is where believers were forced to stay in place. And maybe your mind's already running way ahead and what you realize is exactly where I'm going. And that is that there were times where believers were put in prison because of their faith in Jesus Christ. They were forced to stay in a spot. Now don't miss the fact that even though they were put in prison, we see that in the life of Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. We see that in the life of the Apostle Paul and those who were partners with him. Even though they were put in prison and the hope was is that they would be uh, shut down and shut up, they still were living with this commission to go to the nations, to go to their neighbors, to go to their friends with good news. And let me just uh, pause for a second. I know already that you've been uh, welcomed to this gathering online. And I want to say to those that have been gathering online that I've never met, it's exciting to me to know that you've connected with our church in this way. Just this week, I heard about a family that has connected with our church from Colorado. And they're going to be moving here in a few weeks, but they've been connecting with our church, worshiping with our church online all the way from the West. And there may be a lot of you like this. Some of you, this is the first time you have really connected to church ever or in a long time. And when you hear me talking about our mission, when you hear me talking about going, when you hear me talking about Jesus, a lot of this may be new. 
It may seem a little strange. It may make you say, what's going on here? And I just want to say to you that when we talk about our mission, what we're talking about something, what we're talking about is something that means so much to us. Um, there, there is in my life no greater change than, it, than the change that I experienced in my life when I was a junior in college. And so to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior is the greatest news I've ever experienced. And that's the story for so many. And we, I want you to know that story. And we want others to know that story. We want the nations that have never heard the story of Jesus to know that he lived, died, was buried, and rose again. And that by believing in him, our sins can be forgiven and we can have the hope of heaven and the peace and peace with God. So uh, I, I hope that you'll know that the things you hear today are coming from hearts and lives and minds that, that care for others because we care so much for Jesus Christ. Here's the thing I want to say to you. And how do we, as believers, uh, stay where we are honoring the suggestions of those that have put those in front of us, but at the same time, keep going. How do we keep going? How do we fulfill this great commission? And so for just a few minutes, what I want to do is lay out for you a map of how we can keep going even while we're staying. And it's been exciting to me to look at the life of the Apostle Paul when he was confined to prison and see how even though he was guarded by a guard and at times chained to guards, that he was able to still keep getting the news of Jesus Christ to those who needed to hear. Let's look in our Bibles at Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28 is the last chapter in the book of the New Testament that tells us about how the good news of Jesus advanced after Jesus rose from the dead. And the Apostle Paul has been on three separate missionary journeys. And here at the end of Acts, we find that he's on his way to Rome to be put in prison because of his faith in Jesus. Listen to it. Acts 28, verse 11. After three months, we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria with the twin gods as a figurehead. Putting in at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. And from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And after one day, a south wind sprang up. And on the second day, we came to Puteoli. There we found brothers and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the Forum of Apius and three taverns to meet us. On seeing them... Paul thanked God and took courage. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. And then the last two verses of this chapter, verse 30 and verse 31. It says, he lived there, talking about Rome, with this guard around him. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Paul found himself in Rome at the end of a third missionary journey under what we would call kind of house arrest. Uh, this was kind of a, a home arrest. He, 
he was able to have some movement. He was able to have some guest. But he was, if you will, distanced from what was going on around him in that community. And he was assigned a guard. And the routine would be is that a guard would be with him for a certain amount of time. And then he would kind of roll off his shift. And then another guard would be assigned to him. And he would roll off his shift. And another guard then would be assigned to him. And this was the experience that Paul was having uh, while he was in Rome awaiting trial for the charges that had been given against him. Well, you see that the description of Paul being guarded by Roman guards and being confined to this house arrest is something pretty dynamic. You, the Jewish people in Jerusalem thought they had gotten rid of Paul that they had shut him down, that if they could just get him in prison and get him separated from the people in the world, then the, this story that he was telling about Jesus would be over and done with, and they could move on living the way they had been living. But listen to that account again. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness, without hindrance. And what you see is here's a guy that was confined, but he kept living out the Great Commission. And I want to just say to you today that even though we are separated from gathering, and even though we are distanced in so many ways, and so many things have been canceled and changed, the Great Commission has not been canceled, and going has not been stopped. And Paul shows us that there is a way that we can keep going even while we're in this situation. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Philippians chapter 1. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians chapter 1. And I want to answer this question, how do we keep going even while we are staying? We cannot let up on getting the good news to those who still need to hear about Jesus Christ. So how do we keep going? So here's the map. Maybe you jot these down. Maybe you take some notes on these. There's seven of these. Number one, he wrote to those he was called to. Even as Paul was confined here to this home arrest, he wrote to those he was called to. Do you know that these two years that Paul was in Rome under house arrest, with a guard watching him, that four books in the New Testament were written. We call them the prison epistles. Epistle means letter. Uh, and Paul wrote, we believe, 13 letters that are in the New Testament. Four of those while he was in prison. And it just jumps off the page to me in the story of Paul that even though he was confined and guarded and, and house arrest, that he's in this city of Rome, he was still able to find a way to get the gospel out. Letters in their day delivered by hand uh, across water and waves and land in many ways is like our internet. It, it was their way of communicating to people. Paul wrote Ephesians, Paul wrote uh, Philippians, Paul wrote Colossians, 
And Paul wrote the little small letter Philemon while he was in prison, while he was under house arrest. We find some of the most important doctrine of all the Christian faith laid out and explained in the book of Ephesians. We find this story of unity and joy in the book of Philippians. We find in just phenomenal verses in the book of Colossians that reminds us of how Christ is to be preeminent in all things. And in Philemon, we find out about dear relationships and how we can reconcile with people. And, and they, it, was, it was important stuff written. So I ask you this question, how could you, in this time of being kind of separated from the rest of the world, use this time to write something to those that you are called to? Maybe you would write letters to people that are burdened your heart. Maybe you would write a poem or a song or a story. Maybe you would write some kind of blessing or you would reach out in some way to someone and reconcile a relationship. Maybe it would be an opportunity for you to write out your testimony of how you came to know Jesus Christ and send it to someone or read it to someone. Paul wrote to those he was called to. Number two, he prayed for those he was connected to. He prayed for those he was connected to. In Philippians, we're here now in verse 3. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance. Philippians 1, verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Several prayers of Paul, some of the most beautiful words we ever read, were written at this time while he was under house arrest. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul speaks of praying for the believers at Ephesus. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, going through verse 10, Paul records this prayer for the church at Colossae. And then in Philemon, just verse 4 there, listen to this. This single verse, he says, having become, verse 4, Philemon, verse 4, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus for all the saints. We're in a day right now where our prayers cannot be separated from the world. Uh, there is no distance barrier for prayer. And this is a season that we can pray for those that we're connected to, that we can take days of the week and assign it to people. We can take moments of the day in our walking and our exercising and connect with the world that needs Christ or needs to be encouraged toward Christ and pray for them. Here's a chance for us to develop our prayer life and praying for our family and praying for our friends and praying for members of our life group. I don't know how you do it or how you could do it. You may have a list of names. Now for me, often the way that I pray for my family is, is really just, I just imagine their face. The way I pray for my friends or the way I pray for certain men in our church is I just, I see them in the room. I, I see them in my mind and as I look at them and think about where they are, I just 
spend some time praying for them. I hope you would use this time to pray for your Sunday class members. I hope you would pray for your staff. I'm asking you to pray for me. What do you pray? Use the Bible as your guide. These references, Ephesians 3, Philippians 1, Colossians 1, Philemon 4, they give us a guide of how to pray for one another. As we remember people, we pray that their love would grow, that their faith would be strengthened, that they would be steadfast, that God would finish His work in them. We pray the promises of God in people's lives. Paul wrote to those he was called to. He prayed for those he was connected to. And number three, he talked to those he was confined to. And this is one of my favorite ones of all of those because all of us look around us right now and we realize that there are some very familiar faces that we have been really close to now for what has, well, a lot of days. And we were like, and I've been, uh, I, I've gotten a lot of time um, with this person we feel kind of confined. Well, one of the things that we can do in this moment is actually take the opportunity to talk to those people that we're confined to. I, I think it's a humorous verse in Acts 28. In fact, I t- made note of it that when Paul arrived in Rome, Acts 28, verse 16, it says, and when, he, and when we came into Rome, this was actually Luke writing this. He says, and when we came into Rome... Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. And that phrase, with the soldier who guarded him, I underlined that, and I don't know, a long time ago, I just wrote under that statement, lucky guy. What a lucky guy to be uh, confined. Uh, Maybe he went home that first day to his family and says, listen, I don't know if I'll ever get this shift again, but I was with a guy today, and all he wanted to talk to me about was a guy named Jesus. Or maybe he went home to his family and he said, I hope I get this shift again because this guy spoke to me about something that is changing my life. You and I have an opportunity right now to maybe talk to a son or a daughter like we never have before. We have a time, we have a chance to talk to our spouse like we never have before. Uh, in, in some ways, uh, there are some of you that are working in environments right now to where you're actually a lot more involved with work than you are with home. And many of you in the medical field may find yourself confined to a hospital or a shift. And, and there's an opportunity here for you in those long hours of the day to actually be a witness for Christ to those that you work around, those that you are interacting with. You know, this week... I had a technician come to our home to repair one of the gadgets in our house. And, and as he stood there six feet from me talking about how to fix what was broken in our house, began to find out some things about his life and how this uh, virus situation was affecting him and others and a friend of his whose dad had died and eventually as he was beginning to leave he made this statement he says one of the things I love about this time is that everything doesn't seem so rapid it just feels like even though I'm still busy that it a little bit of the pressure's off and when he said that it just it was like an opening to say he's not in a big hurry and as he stepped onto my porch and he was preparing to leave 
I just said to him and called him by name and I said, hey, do you ever think much about spiritual things? Have you ever made a, has there ever been a time in your life where you made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ? And that led to about a 10-minute conversation with him and a, and a prayer that he actually asked for as we stood there on the porch. And I've let several of those conversations go past, but I, I do want you to see that even in these times, there are opportunities for us to talk to those that we're confined to in a way. You know that the Apostle Paul uh, said in chapter 1, verse 12, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Imagine that. Imagine a time for us that coming out of this, we would look back and we would say, you know what? The gospel advanced more in those months than it did in all those years. If God was up to something that we, we just could not even have imagined. And Paul goes on and he says, so that, in verse 13, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. How could that have been? It was that guard assigned to him that had begun to rotate through and over and over again, no doubt heard about Christ and where the good news had just spread from guard to guard to guard to family to family to family. He talked to those that he was confined to. Number four, he inspired those he was related to. Look in verse 14, Philippians chapter 1. He says, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He inspired those he was related to, brothers and sisters in Christ that, that knew the Lord, got around the Apostle Paul, and here's what happened. His faithfulness in a time of difficulty wound up giving those who were free confidence to serve the Lord. And don't miss that. Our ability in these days of uncertainty to show faithfulness and steadfastness and joy will be a way that you and I would be able to inspire others around us so that the gospel could advance. Number five, he thanked those he was indebted to. He thanked those that he was indebted to. Philippians Chapter 4, the last part of this letter that he was writing from prison. It's verse 10, Philippians 4, verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Look in verse 14. He says, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you, your and you, Philippians, yourselves know that at the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. And Paul takes these closing verses to, to say to them, I'm indebted to you. You supported me. You blessed me. You gave so that I would be able to cover my expenses. And he took the time to express that, even while he was confined and what a great ap application for us to realize that in this time that gratitude is the attitude that's going to sustain us in these times of dramatic changes. 
Have you taken the time to thank those around you? And, and it could be so practical where kids would say to their parents, thank you for making the effort to be my teacher right now. Thank you for making the effort to provide all these meals. I've never eaten like this in my house before. This is amazing. Thank you, mom, dad. Maybe some of you would say thank you to the kids for their diligence, for the way they're getting along. Maybe you'd say thank you to your students. Maybe you'd say thank you to your teachers. Maybe God would bring to your mind those from the past that really have been a support for you and you could write to them you could call them connect with them number six he he met with those he could get to he met with those that he could get to when you read the letter of Colossians one of those prison epistles when that letter closes out in the last few verses of chapter 4 from verse 7 to verse 18 Paul mentions by name ten specific people. And it was just a reminder to me as I read through this account, here he is writing from prison, but these personal names are on his mind and heart. And it was just an example to me how even in times of separation, there does still wind up being people around us that if we have Jesus at the forefront of our mind, There's going to be an opportunity for us to walk through the door of sharing the good news of Jesus with them. To speak a spiritual word. To have a spiritual conversation with someone. He met with those that he could get to. This week, one of our pastors put on our staff communication page a photo from a local restaurant. He had gone to pick up some food at Rachel's. And as he... uh, was sitting there in the parking lot, about to leave the parking lot. He noticed that out front were four soccer chairs and two couples. And these were four senior adults just sitting in the parking lot, eating their supper, six feet apart. But they were enjoying community. And they were meeting and talking to those that they could still get to. There are opportunities for us to continue to talk to people, to meet with people, to connect with people about Jesus Christ. And number seven and last, the Apostle Paul in this time of confinement, he longed for those he would be restored to. He longed for those that he would be restored to. One little verse here. It's back in Philippians chapter 1, verse 8. It says, for God is my witness, for God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. What's Paul saying? I hope he's saying what's going on in the mind of your heart right now. I know it's what's going on in my heart, and that is he was yearning to be restored to those that he was distanced from. And one of the ways that we can keep going is that even in these days we would allow God to just kind of um, rekindle the fire to keep the desire burning to keep us at a point of longing to be together again he yearned for them 
This was a description of something down in his soul that hurt for him to be able to get to the believers in Philippians again and be able to get out there and go again. So in these days, maybe a way for you to build and protect that longing to be together again would be to remember what God's done in the past, to pray for a time where we would be able to gather together again, to remember how God worked in your life when you were around others, and focus and imagine that time when we would all, like Paul, be together again. Now these seven things, I believe, could form a map for us. We've got at least the month of May before we can meet together again as a church. And there's seven of these. And what if you just took every day of the week and made one of these a stop in your stay? Number one, you could think on Monday, how could I write to someone that um, I'm connected to? Or how could I on Tuesday pray for someone? How could I thank someone? And just give it a day of the week. Right down to being on Sunday, the 7th, just spending some time thinking about, Lord, give us that day when we're able to be together again. Lord, would you answer the yearning, the longing in my heart? And for me, this will be, this will be my map for May on how I can continue to go to the world and make wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. As we close, let me just ask you, have you trusted Christ as Lord and Savior? Why not do that today? We'd love to help you with that. You could just um, communicate by text or by online and to say, hey, I, I want to pray and receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And then others of you, maybe as you hear, these are some ways that we can keep going even while we're staying. I'd love to hear from you how you're going even while we're confined. You know, Thursday morning, the first text of the day was from a person in our church family that said, um, I wanted you to know that we were able to get a single mom in a home for a few months so that she can be cared for and her needs met until she could get back on her feet. That said to me, you know what? Even in times like this, we can keep going. We can still keep going. Let's pray together. Father, would you help us to not give up on the mission? Help us, Lord, with passion, clothed with power, find ways to still see your kingdom advance. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for using us. And would you do more than we could ever imagine, even while we're confined in the ways that we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.